we'd like to welcome you to part four of our dedicated teaching on the flat earth theory examined and this may be the last part um we'll see oh of course maybe not because i'm only on page four and we got to go to page 14 so we might just like i said this there's a lot I, I really felt like i had to go all the way on this and really go over the top even though i really feel like this has already been proven at this point um, let's go further. Let's, let's just go all the way with this. And so there's no doubt in anyone's mind, or hopefully there won't be. Okay. So this is entitled flat earth conspiracy, 100% debunked without citing NASA, NASA. Cause see, that's a big argument they give is that, oh, NASA is uh, granted. NASA is wicked. It's evil. I've said that numerous times. You can key in NASA in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done a ton of stuff where I've mentioned NASA and exposed them. Not saying that, but this, again, is so much bigger than NASA. Trying to keep a lid on this is a literal impossibility. It's, it's impossible. NASA couldn't do it. And so that's one of the things that you hear quite a bit. So I'll just let this gentleman talk here. What's up, everyone? Press Reset Earth here. So today I'm going to talk about the Flat Earth Theory. Yes, it's been gaining uh, popularity and a lot of momentum the past six months or so. Uh, and a lot of people are buying into this. And um, look, I've looked into the Flat Earth Theory. There's different models. Um, but I've also looked into the other side of it, the more conventional globe theory. And that seems to make the most sense to me. And no, I'm not going to show you the fake CGI NASA photos. No, I'm not going to you know, cite NASA in any way, shape, or form, or even any of these major institutions that uh, are trying to control the scientific progress of humanity. Instead, these are things that you can actually test on your own in many cases. And also, a lot of this is also just sort of common sense knowledge uh, that, you know, is something that you can measure quite often on your own once again. Now, the first little scientific proof I want to get into here is the fact that the moon actually is inverted depending on which <coughs> hemisphere of the Earth you're on. So if you're in the southern hemisphere as compared to the northern hemisphere, the moon is going to appear differently because it, you're looking at it from two different angles. You understand what I'm saying? Now, he's showing a globe with a person like simulating a person standing in the upper part of the northern hemisphere as opposed to a person on the bottom part of the southern hemisphere just it's it's a it's not to scale but it's showing that they would have a different perspective of seeing the moon from planet earth uh, because the earth is indeed a globe this wouldn't work in a flat earth uh, model there is no way to explain this in the flat earth model and this isn't something that you need to consult nasa to test for yourself in fact we have global communication now and these this is something that we can actually test uh you know, if somebody in the Southern Hemisphere was talking or video chatting with somebody in the Northern Hemisphere, they could actually look at the moon at the same time and test this, okay? This is irrefutable proof that we are on a globe structure looking at the moon. Now, another thing that we can do to indeed at least logically assume that we're on a globe structure is to just go out, buy yourself a telescope. Uh, any amateur astronomer can do this. Uh, and just look at the, the planets, okay? And you can see that they are indeed spherical, and some of them even have moons orbiting them. And you can see this with your own eyes in a telescope in a halfway decent... He's showing amateur ast astronomers putting video up online uh, of doing this. I mean, 
you know, to think that all planets in like that we've ever discovered or that can be viewed. I mean, even things like the sun, they're always spherical because again, anything with that type of mass is going to pull itself into a ball. It has to be. Okay? I mean, granted, yes, I guess God can make an exception with Earth, but I mean, it would have to just like you throw out all the laws of gravity and, and all of these things that would normally be in place but that's just the exception for Earth. and again then you look at all the other holes that we've already covered it just makes no sense whatsoever telescope that you can buy online uh for you know a couple thousand bucks or something we could even look at the moon and the moon cycles which is caused by uh, light from the sun reflecting off uh the spherical object the moon and you can test this yourself with a golf ball shining shining in a light and you can see that this is indeed a sphere you're looking at when it comes to the moon and you know a lot of the flat earthers will say it's a disc and you can disprove that by placing a disc in a light as well and you know you can't get those same curved shadows that you see on the moon now all that being said simple logic uh, <laughs> allows us to assume that if everything else, if all the other planets, which also have moons, if everything else in the sky is a sphere, why wouldn't the Earth be? I mean, it's totally illogical. How does that make any sense? It doesn't, folks. Now, another thing we need to take into consideration is the Coriolis effect. This indeed proves that we are on a spinning structure. And there is no debating this, because snipers, for instance, and you can ask any sniper in the military, you don't have to go to a you know, NASA website to figure this one out, they have to take into account the Coriolis effect when, doing, um, when engaging in a long-distance sniper shot, okay? And if they don't, they miss, okay? And this is 100% not debatable. And I even personally know guys that were in the Marines that can tell you that this is indeed a fact, all right? The Coriolis effect, you have to take it into consideration. And this is also why we see hurricanes... Uh, and storm systems spinning in two different directions on each side of the hem of the globe of the uh, each hemisphere of the globe, um, and this is why snipers have to take into consideration the location they are on the planet when uh, uh, factoring in the Coriolis effect because it's different on you know uh, different ends of the planet. Next, let's talk about... And again, we hadn't even talked about that, the Coriolis effect, in regard to a long-range sniper shot. Ken Hoven mentioned it. But he's got diagrams here that, that show, you know, how that affects a long-range shot. And you could not be a long-range sniper and not take that into account. You couldn't do it. Which just proves that the Earth is spinning and that we're on a globe. I mean... Again, we've already covered that kind of... ...this theory that you can't see curvature, okay? Um, <laughs> the flat earthers will always say you can never see curvature. This proves that the Earth is flat. Actually, it just proves how small we are in comparison to the Earth. It actually, it can be compared to a bacteria uh, uh, existing on a 40-meter diameter boulder, okay? Now, from the perspective... From the visual perspective of that bacteria, it may appear that you're on a flat surface because the curvature is so insignificant uh, from your perspective, it may indeed appear flat, okay? And, and even that, as a piece of evidence in the first place, is completely rendered inert because depending on where you are on the planet, there is actually 
uh, certain instances where you would see a concave if you were in a large, large valley, valley compared to if you're looking at a very subtle hill in the distance. Uh, it may appear to be curved even on a flat earth. So how does that even make any sense to cite that as any kind of evidence in the first place? And you know, I'll also hear a lot of these flat earthers uh, bring up the fact that even when you shoot a rocket into the air and film it, that you can't see curvature. Well, that's because the atmosphere goes up so very little compared to the uh, gigantic nature of the globe that even if you, you were a bacteria and you raise a millimeter off that 40 meter boulder, well, it's still going to appear the same. You're not going to see much curvature in that case either. So that's what you're seeing there, even if you don't uh, apparently see curvature. You know, it's something that, that truly amazes me, this whole flat earth phenomenon uh, that, that's blowing up this theory that's just exploded in the alternative research community because a lot of these researchers cite no they don't cite anybody with a background in meteor in meteorology or physics or mechanical engineering or anything like that um and you know you no, know because they're all in on it you know getting a little elbow poking in the rib cutting yeah come on huh yeah you know come on all the pilots all the all the astronauts all the all the sailors all the guys in telecommunications, satellite, all these guys, they're all in on it. Come on, come on. It's a big thing. we got to keep pulling the wool over everybody's eyes. To be an employee of NASA, you don't have to be, uh, you know, working for the New World Order to prove, disprove these theories as a mechanical engineer or as a physicist or as a meteorologist. Okay, these are common sense things. Look, just because NASA lies doesn't mean we have to throw out all logic, all knowledge, yes. All scientific exactly. uh, trains of thought. This is a, a de-evolution, okay? Flat Earth, and here's the thing. I think it's a very, very sinister government COINTELPRO operation. Right. I really do. Yeah. Because they want to evolve our our uh, progress, our human progress, our... Divide and conquer, too. Just not just not of Christians, but just divide and conquer. Of just one more thing to divide and conquer humanity. You know, they're, they're trying to create race wars with blacks against whites, Hispanics against white. you know, all the stuff that we, that I document over and over and over again, like the George Soros and Hillary Clinton are behind and the pedophiles are all behind. They want to get us always fighting with ourselves because that gets the eyes off of them. That gets the eyes off Satan's minions doing all of this garbage to us like flat earth like the race wars and things of this coming, all of the, the lies that have been fed into the race war stuff, to get us hating one another and fighting one another, dividing us on every single level, then, then all of the false religions of the world. you got Islam going around beheading all these people, raping all the infidel women and killing people and thinking they're doing God's service, you know, like uh, Dr. Hoven had talked about. It's like, it, you know, it just never ends. It, this is all satanic stuff to get us divided and hating one another. And and I mean, I'm serious. This this is, honestly, the flat earth thing has grieved me more lately than the Mandela thing because it's like, come on, guys, really? And I see that, how adamant people are. More adamant about this than the Mandela. I've had a lot, I've had probably more requests on the Mandela, but they haven't been so like, you know, you're gonna, whatever. This is different with this flat earth thing. And it's just very disconcerting to me to see this. So many of my listeners, who I would consider definitely a much higher cut above 
than the average Christian out there. I, I would, be, because, you know, of the information that we cover, I don't know any, really anybody quite on the planet quite doing what I'm doing. I'm not saying I'm better or more special or whatever, but the niche that I'm in, and I'm not saying that there's none of other people doing a lot of very, very important things, more important than me, like let's say their emphasis is purely on soul winning. I'm not going to compare this ministry to that, but I'm trying to bring about and bring to light the devices of Satan lest he get an advantage of us that we're not destroyed a, 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 for lack of knowledge according to Hosea 4, 6. So I would consider the my listeners that like would tune into these audios and if you're um, on my uh, email list, the end time current event, or the it's, it's free, go to contendingfortruth.com you're not on that you need to be on it because every time i post an audio um you're going to see that and if you're not on it you're going to miss all my christian current event updates and you're going to miss all my health updates and in the christian current event updates in particular that's a lot of the stuff that i don't have time to cover anymore the things that you can literally go through and act like a prayer list so i would highly highly encourage you to sign up there it's free there's no strings attached i don't like whatever sell your data or whatever i don't even have any I mean, I am the most non-invasive ministry you're going to probably ever find. I don't collect your data. I don't do any of that stuff. I don't think that's biblical. I don't beg for money. I don't do any of that stuff. And I appreciate donations that come in, sure. Uh, and I appreciate the prayers that, that, that come in. I mean, I praise God for them. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be going. I mean, we wouldn't be for the nutrient sales and the donations and the, and the prayers. that I mean, we, I could not do what I do. You know, so we're very, very appreciative of that. But I don't go out and actively beg for money in these types of things. And, and, and I'm not condemning maybe other ministries that are out there, but it just seems like so much of the time I watch stuff with me and it's always like the money, 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 money always comes back to that. And it's like, oh, uh, really? Is God really leading you to do that? I mean, really? Uh, really? Okay. Well. I shouldn't judge, I guess, but mm, it's kind of hard not to sometimes. <laughs> but Jesus said, you know, he who is spiritual judgeth all things and judge righteous judgment. And if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. I think self-judgment is one of the most important things because it keeps us right with God, keeps us humble. And self-judgment is the opposite of pride. And God hates pride. So. Right? Um, along with basically trying to demonize us. That's one of the agendas as well. I was reading an article the other day that actually compared flat earthers to climate change skeptics. Um, this is what they're going to be preparing to roll out, okay? We've already been seeing the climate change propaganda, uh, you know, ramp, being ramped up the past uh, six months or so, and it just so happens to coincide with this flat earth theory exploding. And of course, so many of the flat earthers are indeed climate change skeptics as well. So it makes it very easy for the mainstream media to associate one with the other, therefore decrediting uh, the uh, climate change skeptics. And, and <laughs> folks, the earth isn't flat, okay? <laughs> the earth is a globe, all right? Like, we need to, like, understand that not every single thing you've ever been taught is a lie. So much of it is when it comes to socioeconomic, uh, you know, perspectives and when it comes to a lot of this um, brainwashing in, in certain, uh, you know, aspects of the New World Order, like the medical industry, I mean, the finance industry, Hollywood, entertainment industry, all this, right? Uh, very, very controlled, of course. But over the years, even amateur 
um, scientists, amateur engineers, amateur astronomers have been able to progress humanity, okay? I, this is something that is, you know, it's like a, a complete lack of faith in humanity, this flat earth thing. As if, give me a break, okay? Give us a little more credit as human, as human beings, you know? I mean, I could go on forever disproving this. I really could. I could keep going and going and going. Um, but I'll just leave some links in the description below further proving what I'm saying here, okay? Okay, so we have that video. Uh, let's keep going. Now, this is a real brief one. And th this came, I don't know, you know, people that are, that are, that are, that are going to say, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, this teaching's wrong, will say, God didn't lead me to any of this or whatever, you know. Okay, fine, believe that. But this video... It was like the two last things I added in were the Ken Hovind thing. And well, I think that first video I did too, which I really kind of found out by accident. That was the one where I played with just kind of laid out what do flat earthers believe. I, I think that was important to establish a baseline. And this video came into my head. I only see this video like one time. And it came into my head about this. And I wanted to go back and recheck it to see if there was any indication of, of the earth being having a curve to it because this would be a great example of it. This is Felix Bumgardner's supersonic freefall from 128,000 feet, longest, highest parachute jump ever in the history of the planet. Had to literally do it from it looked like a, I don't even know. I mean, he was wearing an astronaut suit because you can't, you have to have a different atmosphere to even breathe. If you're going to do it from that high and probably the as far as you you would heat up so much you would you know you would probably have to have some kind of special suit that you could survive the um the extreme temperatures because you're coming down at such a fast rate that because the the less atmosphere you have the quicker you're going to fall okay as you get closer to the earth you'll actually slow down more because there's more atmosphere there so this is Felix Bumgarner's supersonic freefall 128,000 mission highlights. This is just a really quick... Now, I understand you can't see, but I'm going to describe to you, and you can watch it for yourself. Okay, showing the balloon. Oh, it's a big old crazy hot air balloon. I mean, this is like one of those really serious ones. He's literally... It looks like he's in like a... Look, he's in a space capsule. He's in a space capsule in an astronaut thing. This is big money. Red Bull sponsored this. This is Red Bull's channel, Okay. This must have cost them millions and millions and millions of dollars to do this, okay? He's in a space capsule, and literally they've got this really, really heavy-duty um, hot air balloon. And it's not like the kind you normally see. It's different. It's got... It's just different, okay? And it's suspending this space capsule that he is in. He is wearing an astronaut uniform, and they're showing the very, very first part of it. And this is only a minute, 30 minutes, and it shows this gigantic... Hot air balloon. They release him. He's going up into space now. I'll tell you, this guy is. You talk about brave. I can't. He's got a whole space station. It looks like an Apollo 7 mission. He's got a whole bank of people at a space station separately monitoring what's going on. This is how big a deal this thing is. And it's showing a camera from the perspective of straight down on the space capsule that's going to be photographing him stepping out of it and going into free fall straight down. You're seeing that, that camera perspective. It's just showing the highlights of, the, of, this, of this jump here. 
shows him going up, going up. He's literally in space. You can clearly see the curvature of the Earth, clearly. Better than you can in, a, in, a, in, a, in the Concord pictures because you're much higher up. So you're going to see more of a curvature the higher up you go. He's at 128,000 feet. The, the Concorde, I think it flew at around 50,000. So he's like probably more than double what a Concorde would be. And the Concorde doesn't even fly anymore. But then I guess there's another one that Virgin Atlantis is coming out with. And I don't know. That's going to be like even, I don't know if it's going to be higher than the Concorde. I think it is. But anyway, let's go further. Okay, 40-second mark. Okay, so he's up there. You can clearly see the ground, but he, he pulls it out. You can clearly see the curvature of the earth okay i mean clearly you can also see the ground below i mean because it's a clear day and you can see like it looks like there's a river there you can see the curvature of the earth and you can say oh it's a fisheye camera why isn't the fisheye camera distorting then the capsule that he's jumping out of why is it distorting the, why is it distorting him none of that is distorted and you can see it they had to have some way of getting this these cameras up there i don't know whether there's some kind of stanchion that's coming out or i don't know but he's up there and it shows him he's in an astronaut thing he's got a red bull suit on all these people saw the balloon take off you can clearly see the curvature of the earth he says i can know the whole world is watching it's show it's painting out over the earth and you can clearly see the curvature of the earth okay now on that one you can say well that's a that's a fish eye well it's a little bit harder to say it's not a fish eye on this one but the one where you can see clearly see the capsule and he's in it it's not distorted at all and you can still see the curvature of the earth on these ones where you can only see the horizon well you could say well it's a fish eye Okay, well, okay, I guess you could make a case there. But again, are they going to, they've doctored every single picture just per, precisely throughout every single thing they've ever done and they've never messed up ever. And this is proving that. So it shows him, oh my word, I cannot imagine doing this. Number one, I would never skydive in a billion years. Talk about tempting God. I'm just never, ever going to do that. I know I'm not called to do it, nor do I ever want to do it. And I mean, um,. <laughs> It's showing straight down, and I mean, you can see the ground still. He's 128,000 feet up. You can see the ground. It's, it's looking, from this vantage point, the camera's pointing straight down, and he's literally getting ready to, to step out. I just, I just can't even imagine doing this. He says, I'm going home now. <laughs> oh, he jumped. You can clearly see the curvature of the earth as he's jumping. 725 miles an hour. Stable. He deploys his um now remember, you will you will when you're going that fast, you're gonna get down a lot quicker than a normal parachute jump because you're going so much faster because there's hardly any atmosphere up there. It's almost like you're jumping in a vacuum. Okay? The closer you get to Earth, the more you're gonna slow down. So you don't now granted, this is just the highlights. That wasn't the whole jump, but I mean just to let you know that's and that's just for your benefit i guess but anyway it shows him now parachuting down to the ground he hits the ground all the people at the mission control are celebrating <laughs> he's on his knees <laughs> i mean wow i mean it, it kind of gives you chills i mean seeing somebody do that i mean it's really no real good reason to do it other than i guess it's the highest free fall 
jump ever. I mean, I don't think it's worth spending a couple million dollars to do. Probably is what it cost, if not more. I really don't even know with that kind of setup they had. Who knows? Maybe it was $10 million when that money could do unbelievable things for Christians around the world, you know, especially those that are poor and persecuted and these types of things. And I always, I kind of tend to look at things in that regard because, you know, that's where humanity really should be putting its its money with so much suffering or breaking up child sex trafficking rings and you know going after the pedophile stuff like that okay so we have that um now let's go further top 10 ways i think we're going to cover actually nine ways um because one of them was so redundant um we've already covered it top, top nine ways to know the earth is not flat a few months ago i released an experiment video explaining how Erastathenes calculated the circumference of the Earth using the shadow stick. We've already talked about that. This method was performed almost two millennia ago and produced quite accurate results considering the equipment he used, but it was far from being the only or first method to understand our planet's shape. Humanity has known the Earth to be round for a few millennia, um, and I've been meaning to refine the video and show more about these methods on how we figured out the world is not flat. I've had a few ideas on how to do that, but recently got an interesting incentive from Phil Platt, the bad astronomer, uh, there's a link to him, that wrote about a recently published BBC article about the Flat Earth Society. Phil claimed it's ridiculous to even bother rebutting the Flat Earth Society, and I tend to agree. When I said the bad astronomer, that's like his nickname or whatever. Okay, on we go to the to the top, let's just say nine ways to know the Earth is unequivocally, positively, absolutely, 100% not flat. Number one, the moon. We've already really covered this, but I'll just kind of hit the high points. Aristotle, who made a lot of observations about the spherical nature of the Earth, noticed that during lunar eclipses, uh, when the Earth's orbit is in place, it directly is between the sun and the moon, creating a shadow in the process. The shadow is the moon's, on the moon is the creating a shadow in the process the shadow on the moon's surface is round the shadow is the earth's is from the earth's and it is a great clue on the spherical shape of the earth it's not a clue it's an absolute total you know no-brainer thing now um the consistent round shadow produces in each and every lunar eclipse proves the earth is not only utterly round but spherical absolutely utterly and beyond a shadow of a doubt not flat Two, ships on the horizon. Again, we've covered this. Perhaps notice noticed a very interesting phenomenon. Approaching ships do not appear out of the horizon like they should have if the world was just flat, but they rather emerge from beneath the sea. The reason ships appear is if they emerge from the waves is because the world is not flat. It's round. Imagine an ant walking along the surface of an orange into your field of view. If you look at the orange head on, you will see the ant's body slowly rising up from the horizon because of the curvature of the orange, like you'd see his head first and then eventually you'd see kind of part of his body and then you'd see his whole body. Okay, that's how you're going to perceive it. Okay, um, varying constellations, number three. Observation was originally made by Aristotle, who declared the earth was round by judging from the different constellations one sees while moving away from the equator. After returning from a trip to Egypt, Aristotle noted there are stars seen in Egypt and Cyprus that are not seen in the northerly regions. The phenomenon can only be explained with a round surface. And Aristotle continued and claimed that the sphere of the earth is of no great size, uh, for otherwise the effect of so slight a change of a place would not be quickly apparent. And these are all referenced things here. The farther you go from the equator, the farther the known constellations go toward the horizon. 
and are replaced by different stars. This would not have happened if the Earth was flat. And there's all these little illustrations here showing you from an earthly perspective, like little human stick figures, <coughs> showing you demonstrations of what I'm talking about here. So you can look at this. This PDF will be for the dedicated teaching we're going to be putting up here on the flat Earth. A shadow and sticks. We've already talked about this. If you stick a stick in the ground, it will produce a shadow. The shadow moves as time passes. Uh, this is the principle for the ancient shadow clocks. The world had been flat, then two sticks in different locations. If the world had been flat, then two sticks in different locations would produce the same shadow, but they don't. This is because the Earth is round and not flat. Again, there's more illustrations. Erastothenes used this principle to calculate the circumference of the Earth quite accurately. To see the demonstration, refer to my experiment video about Erastothenes and the circumference of the Earth. And there's a link to that if you like. Okay, here's another one. Seen farther from higher. Um, so it's showing you what, if you had a person that if the earth was flat and he was looking at something from a higher vantage point and from a ground level vantage point, what that would look like field of view, as opposed to if the earth was round, what a person from a higher vantage point could see as opposed to somebody at ground level standing in a flat plateau, you look ahead toward the horizon. Okay. Um, you strain your eyes, then you take your favorite binoculars and you stare through them as far as your eyes can see with the help of the binoculars. Then you climb up to the closest tree, the higher the better. Be careful not to drop the binoculars. You then look again, strain your eyes, stare through the binoculars out to the horizon. The higher up you are, the farther you will see. Usually we tend to relate this to earth obstacles like the fact that we have houses or other trees obstructing our vision on the ground and climbing upwards we have a clear view. But that's not true. That's not the true reason. Even if you would have a completely clear plateau with no obstacles between you, and now this is on a globe, okay, with no obstacles between you and the horizon, you would see much further from a greater height than you would from the ground because you're higher up. And they're showing illustrations of this, why you would see higher. This phenomenon is caused by the curvature of the earth because things dip out of view as you can't see over the horizon because of the curvature of the earth. So therefore, the higher up you are, the farther you're going to see. I mean, how far can you see when you go up in a plane? Or, I mean, you, let's say just, okay, let's say you go up 100 feet. You could see so much further than you could possibly at ground level, even if there were no obstructions. It's because you're on a spear, okay? Um, this phenomenon is caused by the curvature of the Earth as well and would not happen if the Earth was flat. Okay, you ride in a plane. And we've already talked about this one. Um... Apparently, planes can circle the Earth without stopping. If you look out the window of a transatlantic flight, you most you can most of the times even see the curvature of the Earth on the horizon. The best view of the curvature used used to be the Concorde, but that plane's gone now. I give you three pictures before this plane start stopped flying. I give you three pictures. We're going to go into that in a second. I can't wait to see the pictures from the new plane by the Virgin Galactic. The horizon should look absolutely curved as, as it is actually from a distance. I, I imagine they go a lot higher than the Concord. That's what I was talking about earlier. Okay, now here are, I looked these up. Pictures of the curved horizon taken from, most of these are taken from inside a Concord plane. And you can clearly see the curved horizon. Now here's one that um, curvature of the earth from a Concord plane 
uh, taken with a fairly low-res camera. Curvature of the Earth from a Concorde plane, low-res digital camera, all with all I had with me at the time from a British from the wind of a British Airways Concorde G dash BOAF flying twice the speed of sound over the Atlantic. Now I couldn't, I wasn't able to copy and paste that picture. There's a link to it if you want to see it. It's really not that great of a picture. Okay, you can see the curvature. But it's really a low-res camera, so it's not one I'd really want to use. Here's a picture of a Concorde in mid-flight. And you can clearly see the curvature of the Earth. Clearly, okay? I'm imagining he's at least at 50,000 feet, if not higher. And again, if this was a fisheye camera, why isn't the plane distorted in some fashion? The plane is not distorted, okay? It's booking along. Here's another one from inside a Concorde, from a person traveling in the Concorde, from their window. And this is not a normal view you'd see in a normal plane because you can tell it's a lot higher. I mean, you can literally, you're like almost looking out into space here. It's clearly you're inside an airplane. This is this is from a Concorde flight. That's what, this is what, when I searched, this is what I found, taken from inside the plane. And again, you could see the curvature of the Earth, but again, it's subtle because you're not high enough above the earth even though you're so much higher up to be able to tell that big of a difference just because of perspective because of the whole thing about you know if you were a bacteria on the 40 meter boulder and you rose up one millimeter you're still not going to have that much different of a perspective the analogy that was given uh, earlier it's the same analogy here but you still can see the curvature okay on the concord here's another one taken from inside a concord and this one you can clearly see the slight curvature of the horizon here okay um, there's another one. Here's, okay, so point seven. The Earth is different from other planets. That much is true. After all, we can have life and we haven't found any other planets with life on them yet. However, there are certain characteristics all planets have and it will be quite logical to assume that if all planets behave in certain ways or show certain characteristics specifically if those planets are in different places or were created under different circumstances, our planet is the same. In other words, if so many planets that were created in different locations and under different circumstances show the same property, and God created them, it's likely that our planet has the same properties as well. All of our observations show planets are spherical. Again, that's just the whole mass thing. They are all going to draw themselves into a spherical ball when you have that level of mass, when you're dealing with something of a planetary size. You know, I mean, the moon is spherical, and it's not even near as big as planet earth and yet it's spherical because it's the same way a guy believe god created it that way but if god had created some kind of flat oblong thing like that it would have a tendency because of its own gravitational loads imposing itself on itself it would suck into a ball that's what happens when you have masses that big um let's go further here um I'm just seeing where I left off here. Unless we have a very good reason to think otherwise, which we don't, our planet is very likely the same. In 1610, uh, Galileo observed the moons of Jupiter rotating around it. Um, there's a video there you can click on to see a reconstruction of that. He described them as small planets orbiting a larger planet, a description and observation that was very difficult for the church to accept as it followed a geocentric model where everything was supposed to revolve around the Earth. This observation also showed that the planets Jupiter, Neptune, and later Venus were observed as well. Are all spherical and all orbit the sun. A flat planet, ours and any other planet, would be such an incredible observation that it would 
pretty much go against everything we know about how planets form and behave. It would not only change everything we know about planet formation, but also star formation as our sun is a star and would have to behave quite differently to accustom a flat Earth theory. What we know of speeds and movements in space, I mean, man, this flat Earth, the more I think about it, the more it's just, oh my word, really? We got a, we got a sun that's under a water canopy that's going around us with the moon up there and they're just thousands of miles above us? Uh, okay. Um, it's... <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just, this is, wow. Um, what we know of speeds and movements in space, like planets, orbits, and the effects of gravity, etc. In short, we just don't suspect that our planet, that our planet um, is spherical. We know it. Uh, the existence of time zones. We've already kind of covered this. Uh, let's go further. The, the only, this, the whole things of time zones can only be explained if the world is round and rotating around its own axis. At a certain point when the sun is shining on one part of the earth, the opposite side is dark and vice versa. That allows for time differences in time zones, specifically ones that are larger than 12 hours. Another point concerning time zones and the sun and the flat ear spherical earth is if the sun was a spotlight, which is what the flat earthers claim, uh, very directionally located so that the light only shines in a specific uh, geographic location, which is absolute, utter kind of insanity. It would have to be like this shielded spotlight. And even then, you could still see it from great, great, great distances. It wouldn't go out of our view like it does every day when the sun sets. You know, when it totally disappear, we wouldn't have total, total, like, um, it wouldn't be totally pitch black at night. Because there would still be an illumination in another part of the planet. That it, there's just no way you could contain that. A light that big. Well, yeah, it's got these big blinders and it's a spotlight. And again, if you were in a gigantic stadium and it was in, it was a dome stadium and it was pitch black and somebody shined a spotlight in one area of the stadium, you're going to be able to see it. Even if, even if it was just on the other side of the stadium, you'd be able to see it. We're talking something like a sun, which would be a much larger light source. There's no way you could hide that. You'd be seeing it 24-7. At, at most, it would maybe get dusk in one part of, of the planet. It'd be like it is in Alaska during the winter. I've been up there. Never totally gets fully 100 I'm sorry, in the summer. It never gets totally 100% dark. It's always, always, it, the most it gets is dusk. Because of how north, north they are. It's another thing that proves flat earth. Or proves it spherical or sorry. Um, so um, so the spotlight theory, very directionally located so that the light only shines on a specific location and the world was actually flat, we would have seen the sun even if it didn't shine on top of us as you can see in the drawing below. And it's showing that an example of what I just said. You just can't contain a light that big even if you put blinders on the thing and shine it on one part. There's no, there's no proof of that really blinders come on there's a big shield around the sun it's blinders it's like a spotlight come on guys really the same way you could see the light coming out of a spotlight on a stage in a theater even though you the crowd are in the dark the only way to create two distinctly separate time zones where there is complete darkness in one while there's light in another is if the world is a sphere because the sun would be on a totally different side of the world and it wouldn't be we wouldn't be we would literally be on the dark side 
of the sun, like the dark side of the moon, we'd be on the dark side. There's no light coming from that, other than the stars you see in the sky. But you're too far away to really illuminate you to the same level the sun would be, which is much closer in comparison. I hope I'm making sense of this. Um, and then we've got um, the ninth point, images from space. And I'm just going to touch on this. In the past 60 years of space exploration era of humanity's history, we've launched satellites, probes, and people to space. Some of them got back. Some of them still float through the solar system and almost beyond it and transmit amazing images over to our receivers on Earth. Here's a list of the pictures we've seen from space throughout the years. And they go, they start all the way back in 1946. I'm not going to read all these. I mean, it's one after another, after another, after another. Okay, it's... I'm sure, like I said, there's probably millions of images of this stuff. Millions. I mean, as far as videos and you compile all the different images, you could break that down. I mean, it's mind-boggling. And to say that they're all doctored, they're all fake, it's all whatever, I mean, come on. You couldn't have a team of people big enough in the universe to, to, well, on our planet to really do something like that and pull something like that off. And then the last part is, did the Bible, Bible writers believe the earth was flat? No. This false idea is not taught in scripture. Some Bible critics have claimed that Revelation 7-1 assumes a flat earth since it refers to the four corners of the earth, which doesn't even make earth sense in the, in the current flat earth model because it's it's round they say it's round and it's under a a dome a round dome that's over so the four corners that really doesn't make sense because now you got a square out in space flat or square that doesn't make any sense at all either um and again these are metaphors four corners of the earth dr hoven went over all the metaphors in the bible all the metaphors god is my fortress does that mean he's a brick building under the covert of thy wings shall I make my refuge until these calamities be over the past. Does that mean God is a bird? No, it doesn't. They're metaphors, okay? There's, I mean, you, there's probably thousands of metaphors in the Bible. So, actually, the reference is, the, oh, in the four quarters of the earth, is to the cardinal directions, north, south, east, and west. Similar terminology is often used today when we speak of the sun's rising and setting, even though the earth, not the sun, is doing the moving. Bible writers use the language of appearance just as people always have without it they the intended message would be awkward at best and probably not understood clearly in the old testament job 26 7 it explains the earth is suspended in space the obvious comparison being with the spherical sun and a moon god hung the planets you ever hear that terminology hung the planets that's god's business that's god's doing yes does gravity play pretty much the absolute total pivotal role in all of that how we orbit the sun how the moon orbits us yes how the other moons orbit like jupiter yes it's all about gravity okay which evidently the flat earthers say don't exist even though we've proven that unequivocally in the video you watch those videos i mean you're going to see and and these were videos that were made far far before any flat earth conspiracy of modern day some of those were like look like they're from the 60s it's not like they're trying to debunk anything. They're just showing you how gravity works. You know? Ay, ay, ay. Um, Job 26, 7. He stretcheth out the north over the empty place. God, he's, Job is referring to God doing this. Stretcheth out the north over the empty place. Like he stretcheth out the heavens like a curtain. Are the heavens, are they a curtain? Okay. Again, it's, it's, it's a metaphor. And hangeth the earth upon nothing. We're not hanging on anything. Just hanging out 
you know, gravitational pull to the sun and the solar, but God made all these things. Spoke them into existence. You know? Go to Genesis 1. You know, just read. <laughs> um, the spherical earth is described in Isaiah 40, 21 and 22 as the circle of the earth. We've already kind of got into that. The, uh, the earth as a sphere, certain astronomical relations were, were recognized very early. The stars appear as if interrelated to a globe rotating around the earth once every 24 hours. And this appearance was clearly familiar to the book, the author of the book of Job, and indeed long before the time of Abraham, since the formation of the constellations could could not have been affected without such recognition. The earth, therefore, must be freely suspended in space. And so the book of Job describes it. He stretcheth out the north over the empty space and hangeth the earth upon nothing. The Hebrew record is the oldest because Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible. Historians generally wrongly credit the Greeks with being the first to suggest a spherical earth. In the 6th century BC, Pythagoras suggested a spherical earth. A round shape of our planet was the conclusion easily drawn by watching ships disappear over the horizon <clears throat> and the way they disappeared, <clears throat> bottom first, and also by observing eclipse shadows. And we can assume that such information was well known to the New Testament writers as well. Earth's spherical shape, of course, was also understood by Christopher Columbus. It is also interesting to note that there are 16 scriptures which refer to God stretching out the heavens. These are remarkable confirmations that the Bible is true, as we know today that the heavens are rapidly expanding. When the Bible touches on a scientific subject, it is entirely accurate. And this ends by saying, this is from ChristianAnswers.net. It says, who invented the concept of flat earth? There's an answer there. I'm not even going to get into that. If you want to key that, there's a, there's a, a Christian-oriented answer to that. And then the last question is, but doesn't the Bible refer to the four corners of the earth? How can a spherical earth have four corners? The answer to that is there. Okay, And that's it. That's all we have for today. Uh, we were able to get through this in four parts. So I just don't see any point in belaboring this. And just beating, honestly, I, I, if it's not a dead horse at this point, I don't know what it is. You know, I, I really don't. I don't, you know. If you think I'm wrong, pray pray that God would open my eyes of understanding. As, as I would pray for you, and I would pray for the people that are attacking me on the Mandela thing, you know, that, you know, I'm not praying God rain down his fury on you. I'm praying that God open your eyes to the truth. And if I'm wrong, may he open my eyes to the truth you know i'm not here to deceive i'm not here because i have some big hidden agenda i'm not here because i'm trying to get rich or whatever i'm here to try to serve god and do what i'm called to do as a watchman you know and i'm not here to offend either I, i'm not i hopefully i didn't come off as too offensive here you know but I, I think you can see the overwhelming preponderance of evidence here that this is such an open and a shut case that i mean it's one of the easiest studies I've ever done in my life. Yet I know I'm going to get a ton of negative fallout from this most likely. But, you know, may the Lord's will be done. And, um, you know, the reality is, is this is not something that we need to be focusing in on and expending gobs and monstrous amounts of time on because there are so many other biblically important things we need to be focusing on. And that's what I had mentioned earlier. So that's all I have for today. Let's go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, this time you've given us. Lord God, I pray you give us all eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. I pray for all of us, Lord God, more wisdom, God, more understanding, more 
true knowledge, Lord God, that we are not deceived, God, that we are counted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this earth and to stand before the Son of Man, that we would all be more than overcomers through the Lord Jesus Christ, that we would all be about our Father's business, Lord God, um, about soul winning, Lord God, about educating you know, those that you've put in our path, Lord God, regarding the Lord Jesus Christ, regarding maybe ways they're being deceived, whatever tool you want to use, Lord God, to, to break that ice. I just pray that's done. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed as we forgive those that have sinned against us and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.